0: that will break the crazy cycle. And then the second thing that we discovered is there is an energizing cycle. As we go on to the energizing cycle, his love will motivate her respect and then her respect will motivate his love. We love to be on that, the energizing, that we energize each other, motivate in each other's love, motivate in each other's respect. But you know, we can look and say, if only I can get my marriage to there. That's a great place to be on the energizing cycle. But we're going to discover today that there's a greater place that we can be because what happens on the energizing cycle if one doesn't motivate the other, the other then is left without So thank God it works great when both are doing their part, but still in marriage, there may be times where both are not doing their part. So the energizing cycle kind of bottoms out with that. So what we're going to look at today is what we're going to call the reward cycle. We're going to look at how we can find reward in our marriages Because this really is our ultimate goal. This is not an easy place. The reward cycle is not an easy place to be. But as we go through this message today, we will discover, I believe, how important it is that we take our marriages from craziness to the energizing cycle, but then look to step on to the great reward. The reward cycle goes like this. His love, regardless of her Respect. Listen to me, his love, regardless of her respect and her respect, regardless of his love. I'm just letting it sink in because, yes, I did say regardless of. That means no matter what, he or she will continue to love and respect despite of what they will get in return. So easy to love someone, isn't it, who's lovable? It's easy to love someone that you know you're going to get the same response back from them. But it's a different story to have that same love for someone who acts or speaks or is completely or totally unlovable. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse 32, it says this, But if you love those who, what? love you, what credit is it for you or back to you? For even sinners love those who love them. Verse 33, and if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. The next verse goes on to talking about lending to those who cannot pay you back. But let's jump to verse 35 if we can. It says, but love your enemies. That's kind of a strong word there, isn't it? Love your enemies. Especially, pastor, when we're talking about marriage and and families and being happy, you would use a scripture like love your enemies. I know that may be a strong word there, but you know what? It so often matches the strong response that we have to our spouse. Some of us talk to our spouses worse than we would talk to a dog. In fact, most talk to their dogs a whole lot better than they do their spouse. Most of us talk to our spouse in a way that we would beat our kids if they would even open their mouths and talk to someone else in that regard. Most talk to their spouses in such a way that we would look and say, if I ever spoke like that, God have mercy. Well, thank God he has mercy because a lot of us are speaking wrong. And we've got to get it right. Let's read on. It says, but love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for, uh uh-oh, nothing in return. Say with me, regardless of. (laughs) Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And notice what it says. Your reward will be great. It doesn't show on the screen, but these words are written in red. Because these are the words that Jesus is speaking. And he's telling these people this, that there is a reward that God can give to you. There's a reward that you can find in your life. That what? It doesn't come back from the love of someone. It doesn't come back as someone gives to you. What? There is nothing like that perhaps happening around you. But God says, your reward is going to be great. Verse 36 then goes on to say, Therefore be merciful just as your father also is merciful in other words live like Christ live like Jesus now i pray that your marriage is not constantly faced on the reward cycle in the fact that your spouse never re- or your spouse never responds back to you i pray that's not the case but unfortunately there are some and maybe many that are finding yourself in that place, perhaps for a season or whatever the case may be. But say with me those words one more time, regardless of, regardless of. That's the same words that we read in the beginning of Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 33 when we read these words, nevertheless, no matter what, the commandment to every one of us was husband's, Love your wives, and wives love your husbands. God has called us to love each other, to respect each other, unconditionally. Unconditionally. I said unconditionally. As I wrote that word down, I had to write a question under it on my notes. Do we really know? what unconditional means. Do I really know what unconditional really means? I didn't say what I have interpreted to be. Come on, I have an interpretation and many people have had an interpretation of what unconditional means. And there's a big difference, I think, between my interpretation sometimes and the true interpretation. I looked up in the dictionary and this is what it said of unconditional. It says this, without conditions absolute i'm not going to ask for a show of hands but i wonder how many people are living the true definition of unconditional today really that word there unconditional is the same word in the bible that's used or pronounced as agape which is the love that god has for each one of us. It's a pure love. It's a love that we will see from God's word that is God's love. Agape means or it denotes an undefeatable benevolence, an unconquerable goodwill that always sees the highest good of another person. I wonder if we are loving our spouse, agape. Unconditional. That what? Has an unconquerable goodwill that always seeks the highest. You know, if we were to ask about your spouse today, you know, probably the first thing you would say is, man, he drives me crazy or she drives me crazy that she does this. You know, that? that's the first step of the, perhaps the thought, I'm not truly living unconditional. Because agape, unconditional love, what always looks for the best, the highest good of another person, no matter, hold on a second, we haven't finished, no matter what he or she does. You see, agape love, unconditional love, giving without receiving, is what? It's not self-seeking. It's a self-giving love that freely gives without asking anything in return. True agape love is love, they say, by choice. A choice to love. Not chance, but love by choice. And it's purely about will and never about emotion. I used this illustration, I believe, two weeks ago that a film crew came to a husband and wife and said, we want to film you for a new reality show. We want to follow you and your family and everything you do for the next six weeks. And we just want to be in all your business, any fights, any disagreements, anything, any outings, any meals, wherever you go, whatever you do, we just want to be there. And we want to film you. And by the way, did we tell you we'll give you five million for doing that? But here's the catch. For the next six weeks, you cannot say a harsh word. You cannot have a fight or a disagreement. You cannot at no time ever not like each other or not love each other. But you have got to act for the next six weeks like the most in love, unconditional, agape couple the world has ever seen. Come on, it wouldn't take much for us to turn around and realise five million dollars, I can do that. Come on, how many would admit that I could do that for five million dollars? Come on, put your hands up, I want to see. I could do that for five million. You know what we've just all agreed? Is this. Here's the question. Is it therefore that we lack ability or incentive? Do we lack the ability? Oh, I could do it for five million. I can do it. Come on. I'll even give her a kiss every ten minutes. So we have said that it's not that we lack the ability to do it, but somehow we have lost the incentive. Every one of us today has the ability to make our marriages a great success. Every one of us has within our power to do what is needed in order for our marriage to break from the crazy cycle, to step onto the energizing cycle, and to be heading for the reward cycle. But the question is, do I want it? Do you really want your marriage to be a success? Do you really want your future marriage? Do you really want your life in the future? Do you really want that to be a... Can you push your feelings and your thoughts and your ideas aside And learn to love somebody. You see, we're in such a selfish world today that the first question that we often ask is this, what's in it for me? What do I get out of it? I'll tell you what you'll get out of it. You'll get out of it a a spouse that I believe will truly respect and love you and give their life for you. If you'll just respond and act and be and do what God has called you to do. So it's never the fact that we cannot, but it's the fact that we choose not. Because of our failure to agape love, to respect unconditionally, to love unconditionally, regardless of, we create a problem that many times only solution is the solution of justification. What is justification? Justification really is passing the blame. It's pointing the fingers and trying to justify, trying to make excuse for the fact. How many times do we make excuse for the fact that our marriages are not what they should be, that, well, I just did that because you don't know what they did. Listen, the Bible says, regardless of. Come on, I'm preaching the truth today. The last time we taught this message, we almost stopped before the finish line because I didn't handle this part. And I felt so bad about it as I looked through it and said, God, this is, this is the part that ties it all together because it's easy to love someone who loves you. It's easy to want your marriage to be better. But what if there is no response? And how many knows that 24-7 you're not going to get the response that you want? Guys, come on at three o'clock in the morning, and your wife wants to have a heart-to-heart conversation. Come on, guys, how many knows you're not going to always give her the response that she needs? You're going to say, "Just drop it. We'll talk about it in the morning. She can't drop it and talk about it in the morning. She can't sleep till she talks about it. And yes, you could give her the solution in five minutes and be back to sleep, but she don't want your solution. She wants to come to her own solution as she talks her all way. Our response is not always going to be right. I don't wake up in the morning saying I'm going to respond wrong to Kelly. I pray every morning that I'll be a better husband, a better pastor, a better father, a better friend. I pray that over my life every day. I don't wake up saying I want to respond wrong to her, but I do. And sometimes it's not the words I say, it's just the words I don't say. It's the way I look, and I don't look right. I don't do right. Our response is not always going to be right. That's why agape, unconditional, regardless of. I've said this before, and this is a saying that I kind of coined. And it says this You only have to make an excuse if something is not done. Or it's not done properly. Oh, I'm sorry for doing something. No, you don't make apologies for really doing something. You make an excuse because A, it wasn't done. Or B, it wasn't done properly. So if that is indeed the case, then there is something further that we see from an excuse. And that is this. An excuse is really a confession of blame. Think about that, that I am confessing the fact that I am to blame because I had to make an excuse for the lack or wrong action or wrong response that I have produced. I know what some of you are thinking right now. Pastor, you don't live in our house. Pastor, you don't know how he talks to me. You don't know how she fires off at me. Pastor, you don't know the half. He doesn't deserve my respect. She doesn't deserve my love. You're right today. I don't know the half. And can I say, thank God I don't know the half? Got enough problems on my own. Thank God we don't know the half. But I know what can make you whole. I know what can take the half, the brokenness, the disappointments, the lack of response, the lack of love, the disrespectfulness. I know what can take all the broken pieces and can make it whole, complete. And you know what that is? Unconditional love. And un. Conditional respect. What did Jesus say to the people or Moses through the prophet Moses in the Old Testament? He said, If someone slapped you upside the face, you know, if I was writing that, I would like to have put, If someone slapped you up the face, ball your fist up and punch him between the eyes. Come on, you holy people, you know you want to do the same. But you know what the law said? If someone slapped you upside of the face, you know what you do? Let them slap you again. To love someone and to respect someone unconditionally means this. You are giving that person the right to maybe hurt or wound you. But if they're a good-willed person, their desire is not to hurt you or wound you. But you are opening yourself up. You are revealing your vulnerabilities in areas that may be strength for them but unconditional love. It's that which will make the half complete. Remember the day you got married, or the day that you will get married. Think about it. Ladies, you probably dream about it a whole lot more than us guys do. We just want it to be over and done with. We're not in all the bells and the whistles and the flowers and the dresses and all that kind of stuff. We just want the shortest service, get in and get out and let's go. Girls dream about their marriage day for years and years and years. But the day you got married, or the day you'll get married, you don't stand before a congregation and a man of God, an officiator. You don't stand and make a vow dependent upon what each other deserves. You stand and stood and say these words in sickness and in health, for richer, for poorer. In other words, no matter what, regardless of. In the 14-day love journal that I wrote, I asked a couple of questions that I want to ask every one of you today. True or false answers to these questions. The first question I asked was this, sometimes a wife will not show respect for her husband no matter how hard he tries to show her unconditional love. Is that true or false? True. We would hope it was false. That as he responds right, she automatically responds right and we're energized and everything's good. But that doesn't always happen. So because it's true that she won't always respond back to the love that he has given to her, here's the next part. But can he continue to show her unconditional love? Sure can. Sure can. Here's the second question. Sometimes a husband will not show love for his wife no matter how hard she tries to unconditionally respect him. Is that true or false? But can she continue to show unconditional respect? You see, here's what you must understand. In the eyes of God... You see, we've got so caught up about us. And please believe me, I believe in a marriage when it's done right and God is in it and you meet each other's deepest need. You will be so happy. You will be so blessed. In my life, I have never been happier than I am right now. I feel energized. I feel alive. I feel complete. I'm a better person because of the incredible wife I have and the relationship that we have. But can I take my eyes off of me for a moment? And place my eyes of where they need to be and what is most important. You see, if I don't get back what I need, if I don't get back what I have given, where are my eyes going to fall? I've got to look to God. Because you see, I've got to look and trust and believe God's word. Because we've got to understand, in the eyes of God, no act of love or respect is ever wasted. It's never unnoticed by God. Even if your spouse's response is all wrong, what you do, your response, what you choose to do, unconditional love or unconditional respect, is never unnoticed to God. Every act, God help us. Every word, I say, God help us. Everything we do, God help us. Everything that we have failed to do, God have mercy on us is all seen by God and it all matters to God. We may not get what we think we need but God is able to give to us what we need. Let me say that one more time. We may not get what we think we need. Well, I wish he would just love me. I wish she would just respect me. Of course, that's our goal, but we may not get that right now. That's what I think I need, but God says I'm able to give you exactly what you do need. Come on, the Bible says I can be peace in the midst of the storm. How does that happen? Because God says I'm able to give you things above the natural because my ways are higher than yours. My thoughts are above yours. My ways are greater than your ways. You know what, I used to think that just showed the greatness of God, but I've looked at that in a different way today. Because I used to thought, wow, God, your ways are so high and your ways, wow, you're so incredible. Is that the image we want really to have of God, that he's unreachable and untouchable? That's not the image he wants. But you know what it shows? His ways are above mine. What does that mean? I need to start to heighten my ways. His thoughts are above mine. I need to change the way I think. Come on. I'm trying to show you that God's showing you not that he's out of reach, but he's right there for us. If we would just get out of our stinking thinking and feeling sorry for ourselves and start acting and loving and living unconditionally, regardless of trusting in God. You see, this is how the reward cycle works. His love blesses regardless of her respect. And her respect blesses regardless of His love. Is it hard to live in such a matter? You better believe it. But it's the most rewarding life that you and I can ever find. Why? Because regardless of. No matter what. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you believe that God blesses and loves those? Or do you believe that God blesses and rewards those that love and respect in the manner which I have just told you today? Come on, I mean, do you believe that? Do you believe that? Look what it says in Ephesians 6 verse 8. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, nothing about what he gets back in return or he does it because of a response or reaction. It's our responsibility to love our wives, guys. And wives, it's your responsibility to respect your husband. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, I love this part, he will receive... The same from the Lord. Whether he is a slave or whether he is free. You know what that last little part of that verse means? That means that God is no respecter of people. You can be the best, you can be the worst in the world's eyes. In God's eyes, there is no best and there is no worst. God sees man on an even playing field. The only way God sees man is saved or unsaved. But the Bible says, even those who are unsaved, he doesn't will that any should perish, but that all should have everlasting life. So we see this, what? Knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord. Look at the next verse, Galatians 6, verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good. How many knows it gets tiresome sometimes when you love and you don't get the respect, and you respect and you don't get the love. Come on, we want to grumble and complain, but God says, hold on a second, hold on. Don't grow weary while doing good for in due season. Come on, say with me, it's coming. Come on, you've got to start believing this today. I, I, I can sense in some of you today the desperation in your voices, in your eyes, just in your body language. As you are asking, Pastor, how much longer do I have to keep holding on? I don't know if I can keep holding on. Come on, let me remind you today. Don't grow weary in doing good. Satan wants to do everything within his power to make you sin. Which is what? Doing that which is not right. Well, you may say, well, I'm not sinning. The Bible says if you're not living according to his word, if you're not loving your wife and respecting your wife, you're sinning. Come on, we're making it clear today. So we can't grow weary in doing those things. Why? Because the Bible says we shall reap. Come on. And can I tell you something about reaping? You put one seed in the ground, but you don't just get one seed back. Come on. God wants to give you, what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond your wildest dreams. Wow. Wow. If I don't Lose heart. If I don't give up, say with me, regardless of. Unconditional agape. What does that tell us? God is no man's debtor. He will reward it. Okay, Pastor P, I'm glad that he wants to reward, but you know what? It would be nice to have my wife's reward. It would be nice to have my husband's reward. Keep trusting. He's going to give you what you need if you act right. So, to love someone who doesn't respect and to respect someone who doesn't love has to be a choice. Listen to me true love is a choice. I said true love is a choice that's followed by action. True love is a choice that we have to make. You see, in the natural, love wants a response. Come on, we want to be loved. Have a look at a cat or something. A cat will crawl up in your lap and rub itself all over you. Why? Because it wants to be loved. Come on, ladies, you know you want to be loved and you want to be cherished. You want someone to say, I treasure you, that you are of value, you are of worth. You want to have that in your life. That's why today there are so many young ladies who are getting pregnant before marriage and going out and and, and all these things are taking place. Why? Because they are craving a response from a father who is not in the home to give that to them. Why? Because there's a desire inside of them to be loved in such a way. And as a result of not experiencing that love, we see a rise today in homosexuality. And we see that in the Bible. It says that they will leave their natural affection. And be turned to each other. Why is that? There's a natural affection inside of a woman that needs to be loved. Just like a man needs to be respected. For what he is and who he is. So in the natural, love wants a response. In the natural, respect needs a response. But what if there isn't one? Or what if at least there is not the right response? What do we do? Well, many times the first thought that comes across our minds is to quit and give up. That's the first thought or action that comes. But instead, we must persist, remaining the same way, fully trusting in God. You've heard me use this term oftentimes before, and it goes like this. If you haven't got there yet, you never will if you quit. Come on, if you haven't got to New Orleans yet and you've only drove 40 miles, you've got another 20 miles to go. You're not going to get there. If you haven't got there, it means that you haven't reached your destination yet. And you never will arrive if you stop making forward movement. If your marriage today is not what it should be, That means you need to keep heading in the right direction. If you haven't made it yet, you need to keep trusting in God. You don't give up. You keep believing in God and you keep claiming the scripture saying that God, nothing goes unnoticed. You're no man's debtor. I'm going to see my family. I'm going to see my husband. I'm going to see my wife. I'm going to see my situation turn around. Come on, if I haven't got there yet, I'm never going to get there if I stop. I've got to keep heading in the right direction. I've got to keep doing the right stuff. I've got to keep loving unconditionally and respecting unconditionally. Never settle. Settle, I believe, is one of the biggest enemies of the Christian faith. Just to settle. Well, that's as good as I'm going to get. There is nowhere in God's word does it say, as good as it gets is what God's best is for your life. It doesn't say that. If you're settled for as good as it gets, then hey... You've settled for something below God's best for your life. Winston Churchill, I love Winston Churchill. It's not just because I'm from England. I love Winston Churchill. Incredible guy. He rallied an almost completely defeated nation with two words Never surrender. Never surrender. Yes, he put other words around it, but the main message he brought to a whole nation that thought it was over was We will never surrender. That's how he said it. We will never surrender. He told the people, we're going to fight them in our schoolyards. We're going to fight them in our villages. We're going to fight them on our beaches. Wherever the enemy may come, we are going to arm ourselves and fight them. But he says, let's make it clear, we will never surrender. There's a fight in our schoolyards. There's a a fight in our homes. There's a fight in our communities. There's a fight in our church. But our response needs to be absolute. We are not going to give up. We are never going to surrender. I'm going to keep loving unconditionally. I'm going to keep respecting. It's another thing we need to realize as children of God. Not all our rewards are this side of heaven. Listen to what it says in Matthew 6 verse 19 and 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust will destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up yourselves treasures in heaven where neither rust or neither moth, moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know what we have just read in those three verses when it comes to the series that we're just talking about? The way I respond to my wife, or the way I respond to my husband. The way I respond in our marriage can result in untold rewards in heaven. Because we're not just doing it for this earth. We're doing it for eternity. Eternity is a long time. I said eternity is a long time. Never mind, though, you've got to realize this, that you're not just laying up treasures in heaven. There are also rewards that are going to be reaped here on this earth. Yes, we want to energize each other. Yes, we want to motivate each other to respond positively to each other. I think it's so funny that a lady wants a husband to react less negatively. And all a husband wants is for his wife to be more positive. It's the same thing. Did you notice that? But it's just a different way of seeing. I wish he would stop being so negative. I wish he would just be more positive. It's the same thing. It's just red and blue. Seeing through a different way. Yes, we want to energize each other, but there's going to be times, as I said, that we fail to respond quickly. There's going to be times, or correctly, there's going to be times when we say the wrong things because we're all humans. Come on, just pinch your neighbor really hard right now. Come on, you're going to hear them say "ouch" or something. Why? Because we're human. Come on, we're flesh and blood. We're human. We hurt. Come on, pinch them back, and just say, "Hey, if you do that to me, I'm just just bite them." Ah! No, please don't. Please don't. Anyone had their rabies shots? We can give out rabies shots after church. But you see, here's the response. Okay, we definitely respond wrong. But up till now, the only answer that we've had to wrong response is to throw our marriages back on the crazy cycle. Well, I'm not going to love her then. Well, I'm not going to respect him then. Because that's the choice we've had. When we don't respond right, all we've known is to go back to crazyville and to spin out of control. Without love, she reacts without respect. And without respect, he reacts with Out love, the craziness continues. But today I'm showing you another place that you can take your marriage. When the wrong response comes, you don't have to go to Crazyville. You can go to Rewardville. Regardless of his response. Regardless of her response. I'm still going to continue to love and respect unconditionally. That means, as the mature one, our response is going to be the same. Why? Because we're going to look at it quickly in another way today. As we respond to our spouse, am I just responding to Kelly or is there something else that needs to be seen? When Kelly responds to me, is Kelly just responding to Philip or is there something else? That we need to see. I believe there's something else that we need to see today is. How we respond to our spouse. We've got to understand we are responding before God. Or literally unto God. How many people have asked this question? What is God's will for my life? How many have ever asked that question? What is God's will for my life? Most people ask that Expecting a specific response. A specific response. Well, God's will for your life is to do this. Well, great, I can just do that. One thing I've discovered is this. There are specific purposes and plans that God has for you. Don't get me wrong. But one thing I've discovered is this. The will of God is not just one thing. The will of God encompasses every aspect or every area of my life. I'm going to say it like this way. We can discover the will of God in our marriages by the way we respond to each other. If you want to know the will of God for your life, I'm telling you, here's one part of the will of God for your life. That is to love your spouse unconditionally. To respect your husband unconditionally. Well, that's not true. Hey, that's part of God's will for your life. If you want blessing in your life, you need to follow what God wills for your life and what He desires for your life. Remember those verses we read a couple of weeks ago from Ephesians chapter 5? Look at Ephesians 5 verse 22 again. It says this, wives, submit to your own husbands. But notice what it says. As to the Lord. So it's not just your husband, you are doing your response to who? Who? Come on, it's not a trick question. I mean, it's on the screen if you're not following along. Come on, I said, you're not just responding to your wife, but you are now doing it to who? Wow. Ooh, that kind of hurts a little bit there, doesn't it? So when I'm lashing out at my wife, I'm doing it as... Well, actually, it's wives it's been talking about here. So guys, when they lash out at us, But what does it go on to say in verse 25, I believe it is? Husbands, love your wives just as Christ. Just as Christ loved the church. In other words, our love towards our wives needs to be just as Christ loved his church. So therefore, our love is what? Just as Christ. That we are loving as Christ loved. You see, Paul is teaching us that in our marriage, through the way we treat each other, we should also be conscious to the truth that we are doing this as unto Christ. Wow. That means my wrong response is not just affecting my relationship with Kelly. But my wrong response is reflecting and reflecting upon my relationship with God. Can I ask you a question today? Is this biblical truth that I'm teaching you today? It's biblical truth. Whether we like it or not, it's biblical truth. You see, we've got to start getting the picture that when I negatively respond to my wife, it's almost like I'm slapping God up the side of the face. When I don't act in the way I should, it's unto God. It's unto God. What I do, what I say, what I feel, how I want to punish, how I want to shut down, how I want to close out, how I want to dishonor. Come on, we all know the list of the things that we want to do in a negative response. But I'm not just doing that to Kelly, but I am doing that unto Christ. Wow. Wow, we could stop and have an altar call right now, huh? It's gone quiet in here. You see, here's what we need to remember. My wife, of course in my case, Kelly, doesn't cause me to be the way that I am. She only reveals the way I am. Let me say that one more time. My wife, Kelly, does not cause me to be the way I am. But she reveals The way I am. You see, when I'm unloving, it just reveals that I have issues in my own life that I still need God to help me work through. When I respond wrong, it shows that I still have to grow up and I still have to mature. Hello? Same thing works for you. Well, I only did it because they did this. No. No. It doesn't make you the way you are. You have a choice to act. And it just reveals the state of your heart. This is strong stuff today, huh? I only wish Pastor P finished the series last week and we could have just moved on. But this is important stuff. This is the key that I believe unlocks every part of this. Let me say it this way. Your response is your responsibility. Your response is your response. Why? Because the reward cycle blesses no matter what. Still loves no matter what. Still respects no matter what. You can point the finger and pass the blame all you want. But who are you pointing at? Who are you accusing? Who are you saying is wrong and they are worthless and, it, and it's just this? Who are you pointing the finger at? You're pointing the finger at the one that one day you said, I will love, I will cherish, I will honor till death do us part. You are dishonoring. You are accusing the one that made a vow to always be there for you. But not only are you pointing the finger in accusation against them, you're also pointing the finger in accusation against God. What is the old saying? When you point a finger, one may be pointing away from you, but three are pointing back at you, and one's pointing to God. But pastor, all this you've said is good. But what really if it is my spouse's fault? I know you've been thinking that. What if they really are wrong? I mean, what if it is their fault? I've got the answer for you. Your response must be unchanged. Regardless of. Unconditional. No matter what. As hard as that is, you've got to begin to see beyond your spouse and begin to see that you are loving and respecting Christ. And nothing done to God. But I'm doing it to my spouse, unto the Lord. Nothing done to my spouse, good or bad, is unnoticed to the Lord. Let me bring this to a close today. When is the last time you prayed for you in your marriage? I didn't ask when it was the last time you prayed for your spouse to change. I asked when is the last time you prayed for you in your marriage? What do I mean by that? For you to be changed. Why is you so important? Because when I change, my marriage changes too. Life Or the life of marriage is a marathon. Many twists and many turns. But by applying these principles, it will allow us to make it through. It will allow us to push through obstacles. When I ran that half marathon last year, there were some obstacles that I had to push through. I'm telling you. Physically, there were some obstacles that I had to push through as my legs felt like lead weights and I couldn't go another mile. I had to push through obstacles. You're going to have to push through obstacles of there's no hope. As long as you are responding unto Christ, can I tell you today, there is always hope. You will get out what you It takes 3 to make a marriage. As we make sure Christ is the center. And as each one of us fulfill our role to love and respect unconditionally our marriage will make be so successful. I like to use this illustration when I counsel people on marriage is our relationship is like a triangle. God is at the center. Philip is down here, Kelly is down here as the husband and wife we are at the bottom parts of the triangle. But what happens when Philip begins to move up the triangle and Kelly begins to move up? What happens with our relationship with God? We get closer and closer. Yes, together. But as we get closer to God, what happens to our relationship together? We get closer and closer together. As God as our source, as we continue to move closer and be obedient to God, what's going to happen? We're going to see us begin to move closer and closer and closer together. You're going to make it through. Yes, it's an adventure. But it's an adventure that can be fun too. Not all adventures are miserable and bad. You can enjoy the journey together. Not wrong. Just different. Crazy, energizing, reward. Crazy cycle, negatively respond. Energizing cycle, motivating each other with our response. Reward cycle, regardless of, it's unto Christ. It's unto Him. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? Awesome. Yeah.
1: We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225 274 one six oh seven, or email us at Pastor P at HFLC. US. Remember, put God first in your life, and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.